Hello and welcome to The Main Straight, the official F1 in Schools podcast with me, your host, Tom Deacon. How are you? Are you well? <laughs> welcome back to another episode. I'm very excited about today's offering for you. And, and I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll tell you what's coming up so you can get excited today. Um, it's an exclusive collaboration episode. The Main Straight comes together with the Off The Track guys to talk about everything that happened at the Ramco F1 in Schools World Finals 2023 in Singapore. Plus, we'll also have an exclusive interview with the newly crowned world champions, Recall Racing. This episode is definitely going to give you a 360 degree perspective from a judge, a team, and the host themselves, F1 in Schools. It's definitely going to be your one-stop listen to catch up and deconstruct everything that happened in Singapore this September. I think you all saw what I did there when I said deconstruct because I'm Tom Deacon. Deconstruct. Look, we haven't got time to explain all of those points. Maybe I won't do that for the rest of the episode. And if there's time today, we'll get some of your questions that you very kindly sent in. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it. Let's welcome our guests. All right. So let's meet the guys. Uh, welcome to the episode. Recoil Racing. We have Peter Russell uh, from Off The Track and we also have from Global Operations at F1 in Schools, Nelson Vale. Um, Recall Racing, let's get to it. You're here. You've been crowned world champions in September. I guess I'll come to Benno first, who's uh, with us, and uh, Timon and Marlene and Amelie. Uh, let's talk about this then. You've had time for it to be digested, being world champions. I'm sure you've been asked many a time, what does it feel like? I remember when you were on the podium and you said you were lost for words. Well, hopefully you are not lost for words right now. Benno, what's it like being world champions? Has it sunk in yet? I mean, it's still like, um, you can't really describe it. It's awesome. It's like a really awesome feeling. It still it's like blows your mind every time you think about it. Even like uh, we had like a, a sponsor evening in our school where we watched our highlight video. And like every time we hear like the words, everything tingles still. So. That's awesome. Uh, and in terms of the the media, of have, have they obviously your pros now are being interviewed. Not only when I interviewed you and Amy Monitor did during the competition, but you probably this is old. This is old for you now. You're so used to it, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's still. Or at least I'm still a bit nervous every time. <laughs> what about you, Timon? You got used to it now, being interviewed all the time. Well, I think I definitely got a lot better at it especially because of all the uh, interviews at the competition, but also preparing for it. And then afterwards, we had some media uh, interviews, like especially directly after the competition, it was pretty harsh. Uh, so yeah, I think I definitely, I, I'm a lot more used to it now. When you say harsh, do you mean there was one beautiful moment? I remember this, Marlene, Amelie as well. I'm sure you do. In the paddock during the Singapore Grand Prix, you had to run from one side of the track to the other in that heat to do one interview. Do you remember that moment, Marlene? Yes, I do. It was, uh, I don't know, we just had two interviews that evening. It wasn't even like that that much of a schedule, but um, yeah, it was was close enough, the, the two interviews that we had to run from one to another. And what is it like conveying, uh, Amelie, the, the, the difficulty, the, the time, the work, uh, the blood, sweat, and tears that go into becoming world champions. Have you been able to convey that? Um, I think, I'm not sure what conveying means right now. Um, maybe that's another problem because as um, you probably know, uh, English is not our first language. So I think what we definitely learned is that it's not about speaking English perfectly, but about, I don't know, just having fun and being relaxed. Um, it interviews and I think we've improved a lot in that. Okay. Uh, and what would you say gave you that edge, Benno, in the competition? I think we were just trying to optimize everything to the scorecards. We have our scorecard genius, Timon, here. Every time we did the verbal presentation or read any portfolio, it was like always, yeah, um, we didn't do project management correctly. We didn't do initiating. There's a point missing there. We should definitely write something about that. It was just like these perfecting like the optimization process is I think one of the biggest components. It's definitely something I know a lot of the teams in the world finals will be coming away from the competition, looking at and thinking, right, we could have changed things. In, in terms of the engineering, um, <laughs> there was a rules reset 
Uh, what did this mean for teams and their designs and how did it affect you? Uh, I think it's a really cool idea to do that every now and then. Just then you have like a re complete revamp of the cars. You can't really copy everything of the past teams or like take ideas. And I think it just brings so much new to the competition. Yeah. Simon, what implications did it have for the speed of the car, the aerodynamics, the weight? Yeah, so it actually had a bigger impact than we thought it would have on the overall race times uh, at the competition. Um, and for us, uh, the weight was definitely the biggest challenge uh, because we like designed a, designed a car uh, after like we had three months, three and a half months between nationals and world finals. So like the first month we designed a car and then we noticed we were never going to get the, the weight to 50 grams. And then uh, we screwed it over and Marlene... Uh, designed a car in like one week, uh, like working all the time. And then we worked with that and that was our final car. So the weight definitely was the biggest challenge. And then also um, the uh, in combination with the halo, because uh, the halo has to be solid. It has to uh, it has to withstand the tests and um, be used as deceleration system, but it also has to be light because of, yeah, because like an extra two to three Maybe even five grams is, is a lot. So, yeah. Marlene, a whole week. <laughs> That's not very long to do that design and make everything as, as perfect as you, you managed to do it. What was that like that week? It, it wasn't a week. She was just talking about, we, like, when we, when we said, okay, this design concept will never work. Uh, I was like, I, I'm going to do a new car. And I did that over, over the weekend, I think. Um, but then we had like another two to three weeks to optimize it um, and after that manufacture it. So it wasn't just one week. Okay. <laughs> but, okay. It was, it, but it was it uh, was a bit rushed. Yeah, I, I love the idea just seeing the inside. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall. Marlene just sketches <laughs> that whole weekend, you know, maybe no food, no drink, just, just sketching the whole time to make it perfect. So you had all that time for the optimization, but it, it, is there anything you would change looking back on it now? Yes, because that, that first version of the car, um, it was um, like we, we took many ideas from cars we had seen from other teams like that there are design concepts which are um which many teams use and we thought yes it's the their arguments for these concepts are reasonable and we'll we'll take them and then optimize them in our way and i think we took too much inspiration from other teams there and then that design concept didn't work at all and then we we did a new one and we just um began from from zero well we we did like the whole new concept and ju just took our own ideas and i think that was a better way to to um design the car so i think that's a that's a mistake we did and i would definitely um not take too much inspiration from other teams but just think about what you want to do with the car and yeah well, I can say one thing. There was definitely no mistakes in your merchandise or the world finals. Uh, for those listening on the podcast, you cannot see. I've just put on the Recoil Racing sunglasses, which I have worn nonstop when it's been sunny. Uh, Singapore was different with the beautiful sunshine. Uh, back in the UK, it's been just been mainly raining. But I love these uh, and it definitely uh, gave a little bit of brand and team identity. Listen. There is a guy who's waiting to talk right now. Uh, I watched all of his social media content for Off The Track. Uh, a lot of it was spent in the pool, uh, but maybe he can correct me on that. Uh, let's talk to Peter Russ from Off The Track. Um, you were a judge in the competition. Uh, what did you make of the whole competition as a whole? And, 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 and before we get down to the nitty gritty of judging. I love the competition as a whole. It was fantastic to be back in person. Um, it had been seven years since I'd last stepped into a World Finals venue. It was absolutely amazing. Um, the production quality of it was fantastic, but the teams as well. So many teams. Um, but it was really, really good. Really, really fun. I had loads of fun from a judging perspective. And also just being there, you know, besides just being, being there as a judge, it was just really, really fun to be there. Yeah, fun is definitely one way to describe it. Another way is absolute 
uh, frustration, anxiety, uh, stress levels through the roof. For a judge, was it a stressful experience? Not particularly. Um, knowing that I was, you know, look, because I've known what it's been like to be on the competitor's side, I know their stress levels far outweigh what the judges would be going through. Um, but look, you do feel the weight of, you know, being fair as a judge, particularly as an ex-competitor, you want to really, you know, give the teams the time that they deserve to be able to explain what they're going through. You want to read what they've done at length. Um, and so you do feel kind of that pressure of, you know, is this mark that we're giving them going to be the right one? Um, but look, we're all very, very rigorous and it's a very fair process. So yeah, no, but you do feel that pressure. Definitely. Okay. Did feel the pressure just a little bit, but everyone seemed to be having such an incredible time, even though they felt the, um, the intensity of the competition. Um, but at the same time, was there anything you noticed as a judge, the things that cropped up that you said, oh, another team's done this particular thing? Nothing that stands out particularly. I think a lot of teams sort of lose sight that the judges... They don't have, you know, five hours to read on a portfolio. Um, so being concise with how you communicate is critical. Not just for, you know, F1 at schools, but in, you know, day-to-day -day life. You've got to be able to communicate concisely. No one wants to be reading, you know, essays every day. Long emails, you know, a few of us have been there. We don't want to read a massive email. So it's the same thing with portfolios. You want to be, you know, concise with them. That's the main thing I would say to competitors. Concise. I like that. That's something I definitely need to take on board more in my life. Um, changes in the um, the, the new rules, uh, Peter. Uh, positive and not positive. What did you notice? I think overall positive. Uh, look, going into it, there was a bit of scepticism from some competitors um, and some people involved with the competition, as off-the-track listeners will know. But on the whole, seeing it in person, yes, mostly positive, I would say. I think in my side of things, I'm more of an enterprise person and the pit display regulations where I was, where I was like, oh, is the quality of the pit displays going to be up there um, with how they used to be? And they were. You know, if you had told me beforehand um, that there were trade display uh, packaging restrictions, I wouldn't have known because the, the trade displays, the pit displays rather, we're right up there with how they used to be. Um, so, yeah, no, I think they're definitely positive changes. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what teams come up with next year. Uh, now, uh, we welcome back to the Main Straight podcast and also a guest on Off the Track podcast, the one and only Nelson Vale. You cannot be the only privileged one to use fashion <laughs> accessories. So for everyone that is not watching, uh, we... I also have a little bit of merch from the team. And this was provided by Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. And oh, fantastic. Coming back. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a challenging event. Uh, of course it was with with our record number of teams. But um, look, it was super exciting to come back into a full physical format. And and feel finally normality after a diff uh, a different and and difficult couple of years. So you know it was above all super fun to come to the place that I love the most, Singapore, for for the World Finals. I have to have to admit. And um, but yeah, and and if 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 the team that is here with us, if they were totally deserving to win it, they definitely were. And I was expecting for German teams to be in the top place of the podium for many years now. And they were marginally missing it. But congrats, guys. You guys you guys did it. So it's, yeah, it's totally deserving. Oh, that is it. Uh, I, I absolutely second those words, uh, Nelson. All the teams were incredible to meet in Singapore. And I say, <laughs> I'm going to put this in now. The most difficult job for me is to meet every team every person chat to them throughout the three days and then wait for the awards and it's probably the worst moment for me that gut-wrenching moment where you've got to know everybody a little bit and i kept meeting recoil racing and they brought their huge uh, car model which lost wheels at certain points uh, the halo stuck on for the whole time so well done on that but uh, you meet these guys and then you see them succeed it it's i, I like i'm like a proud parent in some respects i'm like yeah They've absolutely smashed it. They deserve it. And then as soon as you see that number one place go to a team, you suddenly realize all the other teams you've met 
have missed out and and it's it's the worst feeling but then at the same time you look back on those three days and to get to a world final is just such an incredible achievement for all of the teams uh so i have that kind of mixed feeling uh during the competition but while you're here nelson i i do want to ask you about those changes um and provide a little bit of insight into why the changes were made and how you think the students adapted uh, whether they met or surpassed the expectations that F1 and schools uh, thought they would have. Look, it was when when we when we decided that uh, the regulations needed a, a revamp and a, and a twist to make things more challenging for everyone. Um, of course, and like uh, like I don't know I don't know who I don't remember now who was mentioning it if it was Peter or uh, one of the team members. But when when things stay the same way for long it's easier for people to be tempted to just follow with the same standard of project. If it's kind of similar to car design, you go and get inspired on a winner design. I mean, when you, when you mix things up, like bringing new regulations, especially when we brought the halo, because we wanted the cars to become more with an F1 look, you know, people, some people resist the change. And I think Peter, we had a whole episode on that. And you guys off on the uh, off the track uh, discussed it in in detail, but you know in the end change is good. Change is good. I think the cars look great. I think the teams embraced the challenge. Um, again, I'm I'm not disappointed at all because I think they all did a great job. Uh, I mean, the world champions had to adjust in in a very uh, um, short amount of time from a design with no halo to a design with a halo and look look how they did in just a few weeks and it's not just the design adjustment when you're trying to reach minimum weight other factors come on in in terms and they need to look at manufacturing techniques and the use of materials and rethink everything um but that was but that was about the car but like Peter was mentioning about the pit displays, again, there was a lot of thought going into the pit displays. Pit displays in F1 schools, World Finals, they all always looked amazing. But just as a, a recalling back to 2019 in Abu Dhabi, we had a big issue with the quantity of trash being produced by the end of the event. And we know that our students are better than that. I mean, pushing a little bit more about sustainability just made uh, made a lot of uh, um, brainstorming uh, processes for the students, and they just realized, yeah, we can do the same quality visual pit display and not produce uh, as uh, as the same amount of trash as we were producing previously. And you know, I can can I can now say that we reduced it for about ninety five percent. It was it was amazing, amazing to see how the pit displays were still looking good, uh, but the students were taking all of the things they were using in 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 uh, whole luggage, and and not very big boxes that they could easily hand carry. So now that's something that we def definitely will want to continue to do. Um, so yeah, I mean, change is good. Um, it's not random change. It's not that we just want to upset our students with with more work. It's all about um, progressing and and where are we, where are we progressing next? Don't know. Maybe for the next episode. Oh, oh! They left it on a cliffhanger there, Nelson Vale. I love that. Uh, just before I, I, I come to Peter, uh, I want to get Recall Racing's perspective on that the pit display constraints. How did you find those things that Nelson's spoken about? I, I guess, Amelie, was is that a, a job that you had? Yeah, I think it was kind of like a team project, the pit display, because, yeah, it's not only about engineering, but about every part of the project. But I think, yeah, it was a really good idea to make the restrictions. And you see, like, a lot of approaches from different teams to to meet these expectations. And I think it's very interesting to see how many innovative um, approaches there were. And I think we also had a really innovative approach with our um, projector. I yeah, I really liked that, but also with, for example, the um, like paper and cartoon constructions, I think they were also very, very good. Can you uh, explain a little bit more about that projector in your pit display? 
Yes. We used an ultra close distance projector and um, yeah, pro projected videos to our um, pit display, like the, the main, the main, um, <laughs> the main part of the pit display. And you could just choose different videos from the manufacturing process to our meet the team video. And yeah, I think it was quite interesting. That's great. I mean, it sounds brilliant. That to me, that means you've got more space in your suitcase uh, to take home gifts for friends and family uh, on the flight home, rather than packing everything from the display. Uh, Timon, would you agree with that? Is, is that the, the how you found it? The, the whole process with those changes and challenges that you had. Yeah, I think it was pretty good that they actually changed it. Uh, not only because of sustainability reasons, but also because um, now that the pit is flight. Uh, you could you could do it in a reasonable amount of time for the point it's worth. Like before, there was always the expectations. You had to build a really big pit display and ship it to Singapore, and it would cost really uh, it would cost a lot. It would take a lot of time for I don't know I don't know if it was forty points back in the day, but uh, it was not worth it. But that I'm certain. So um, yeah, now the, it's actually worth the points that you you give it, and yeah. So so I like the changes as well. All right, Timon likes those changes. Uh, Peter, Mr. Enterprise, uh, it, it, when you look at what they've achieved and the points, does, does that, do you agree with that? 100%. I think, yeah, 100%. They they can hit those points. Look, it's all relative, right, with any competition. Um, you know, the top team is going to get around the 19, 20 mark. So, yeah, if they're hitting the criteria, that is the main thing. Read the scorecards. Um, and then you can achieve the very best. Be concise. Did anything stand out to you from the pit displays? We heard about the projector for recoil racing. Anything else stand out for you that you were like, wow, that's a very clever idea? With the pit displays, I wasn't judging pit displays, although we were having our interviews at the pit displays. We weren't looking at it as the main thing. There was there was one team, I think, I don't want to get the name wrong, but they had kind of corrugated um, sort of sheets as the material for their pit display. I thought that was quite cool. Yeah. That stood out to me. And there was uh, Nightingale from the UK that had a pump-up system at their track. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's all I can remember. But yeah, the World Finals were a few months ago now almost. So uh, yeah, they, they were. Struggle to remember. <laughs> it, it always happens. But that's kind of a good thing because every team that wasn't there, you know, will have to come up with innovative ideas. Uh, Marlene, uh, what's that one thing that from the challenges? I, I kind of want to know before I ask Nelson about uh, challenges and and um, things that are coming up. The best challenge that you overcame as a team in this competition. There were many challenges. Um, I'd say for the engineering part, it was definitely that moment with the with the car where we had to change the idea. But um, maybe it was when when we had summer holidays and we were, for example, I wasn't. On vacation, and uh, still, I I worked for for the project, and we had to communicate like in different time zones, and then, yeah, I I think that that communication was very difficult. A working holiday is what that sounds like. A working vacation. Um, that is when, as Peter says, you need to be as concise as possible with an email. I'm on holiday at the moment. Uh, we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Um, right. Let's talk to Nelson again. Nose cone challenge, halo deceleration system, pit display constraints. How did these go down in your opinion? And will they be permanent additions? I know you won't want to give away too much, Nelson, but what can you tell us? Well, I can only give you my personal opinion at the moment. I definitely think that the nose cone challenge was great. We didn't have all the teams implementing it. I think, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit scary to just go, oh, we, that's another thing that we need to do. We had, I think, around 20 teams doing it, and uh, it was great. We even have videos of it that we'll, we'll I'm sure Rebecca will publish those those soon. Um, you know, the, the halo deceleration system, I think that was great. I think that was one of the best things coming out of the event. The whole F1 schools... A development team and with the input of our cheddar judges Gary Anderson I think we came up with a very good solution in terms of how to stop the cars reducing the number of breakages and I think it was very visible that not many teams had fixed cars 
when using the hail acceleration system, especially on the impact on the front wings and, and, and rear wings. You know what's what's coming next? Like like I said before, Tom, I think I need a special episode just for that. Uh, no, but that's just my excuse of saying that uh, the technical group, after every event, we reconvene and we discuss and we take on board the opinion of all, all our stakeholders. You know, from, from students, teachers, to in-country coordinators, from judges, there's always stuff that we can improve. From, from scorecards to processes, how we do things in the track, I know that there were some challenging moments in the track because of the time that it was taking it. We already taken that on board to make it a little bit more smooth for the next for the next event. We already have ideas on how to make it faster. Um, we'll probably have to reduce your intervention for about ninety percent. And I'm just joking. We love we love your interaction with <laughs> we love your interaction with the team, Tom, and that would not be not be the way that I would be saving saving time. Um, I, I, well, well, just on that, Nelson, uh, one of the biggest implications that we do have as the whole production is there's an online community watching live. We have the in-person and trying to marry all of that together. I don't know who makes the schedule, who sits down and analyzes where teams will be. If they're in this judging, that means they can't be there. I don't know how you do that. That probably, for me, an outside perspective, was one of the biggest challenges, making sure everyone has a clear knowledge of where they need to be and how you manage to do that. Who, who does actually do that, Nelson? Well, it's 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 a, it's a joint effort between several effort schools, uh, team members. I mean, from timetable, we have our, our great John Fag uh, helping with the timetable, but it, it's a team it's a team effort. But look. I just want to say, Tom, uh, that you have raised the level of the F1 schools show, definitely, in the World Finals by the way that you interact with the teams. And I think the teams appreciate those five minutes of fame being broadcast to the, to the world, being able to speak with their families and their friends and their sponsors and supporters around the world during our webcast. So that's something that we definitely want to continue to do. It's more about processes in terms of competition that if racing is taking too long, we need to look in terms of uh, how do we um, time save some processes to make it run faster. So that's on the technical side, that's what I'm worried and that's what I'm focused on. Um, judging wise, again, judging is a number of teams is also challenging and we are taking consideration suggestions from judges and from teams. And so we're also going to make that process better because in the end, we want to be fair and continue to choose the best of the best. Uh, I suppose that that leads itself to the, the sheer scale of the competition. Uh, and uh, I, I appreciate your very kind words, Nelson. I was watching recall racing uh, faces there. Uh, those moments of how you describe the fame. I, I love the running out. <laughs> that was the first time of an event where it was a huge, it felt like it was something from real life F1 or esports world where the teams would run out. I think it was only Adventum, the Irish team that slipped up. Uh, I believe there might have been one other team that, that sadly stumbled in the sheer speed that they were running out. Uh, what was that like, uh, Recall Racing, when you ran out uh, and to uh, when your name was announced? I think it was pretty cool. Like when we first saw how it was to be done during the, the opening ceremony or the introduction, like a whoa it's actually like a real movie it's like a real game show or something when you run in and i always wanted to to make an impression to the camera to scream recall racing or team germany or something and uh actually one time we we didn't come in at the right time i don't know if you remember tom uh i wasn't gonna so, bring it up timon timon i wasn't gonna bring it up <laughs> yeah but it was a bit confusing because uh some some of the other team members weren't there and then our name was called and we were all just, what, what, what are we about to do? Should we, should we run in? Should we wait? And then we just went in at some point and I guess it was fine. But yeah, it, it was, uh, the running in always was a highlight and the interviews in total. And then, of course, watching the race and hoping for a good time and a good reaction time. 
Yeah, one of the teams that took quite a long time to get through that tunnel. I don't know if you remember a brilliant team from Thailand, Asani, who had a huge inflatable mascot that uh, bounced along. Uh, myself and Amy would announce the team and then knew that it would be another three or four minutes before they finally arrived uh, for an interview. But I, I think you all uh, did a brilliant job of running out and enjoying that movie-like moment uh, that you mentioned. Okay, uh, a few other questions that I'd like to get. I'd like to get to the uh, listeners' questions. They've got a few here. Um, but um, just final thought from Recall Racing, in terms of the sheer scale and the amount of teams, uh, what did you love about that? It's okay. So I really love meeting the other teams. Looking back, I would have loved to talk even more with other teams, even though maybe we wouldn't have had any more time. But um, it was just amazing to meet so many people your age that are um, interested in similar things and that are like re really innovative thinking, intelligent. And yeah, it's just really, really amazing to meet so many people your age from all around the world. What about you, Timon? I think for me as well. I mean, uh, after the first uh, two days, like some teams went up to me and asked uh, why we're not joining social activities. Uh, it was because we were sleeping or preparing for interviews. But af after after that was done, we were uh, engaging and, and staying at the pool till two o'clock and talking with the other guys. I mean, especially like uh, there were so many fun, fun people, the Australians, the Irish people, but also like the French people. It was, it was also much fun. And yeah, I think what, like, I started too, too late to look at the displays of other teams too. Like I was going around and looking at them and let them explain to me what they thought about their design. And uh, like we could discuss new ideas on how to design a car at the world finals. And that was really amazing. It, it was definitely one melting pot of so many ideas and so many yeah. talented, creative, innovative people all in one space. You're never going to get to meet everybody. Uh, Marlene, uh, mentioning the after party, the pit lane walk, meeting all the teams, uh, favorite moments for you from the competition? Um, I think also the, uh, like the competition days when we were discussing every team's works with, with them. And like when, when you, could have a look at other teams' um, portfolios and discuss like detailed things about that. I think that was one highlight because it's it's just so interesting to see all the ideas from all over the world. And yeah, also that. Uh, and finally, Benno, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I completely agree. I enjoyed the competition days really, really a lot. Not even the, and not, uh, it's not like all the, uh, only about the free time, like at the afternoon or the evening. Even the competition was like always fun. You always had to do something. And if you had like a break between judging, you could always talk to teams. And I think it was just really engaging and an awesome experience. Okay. Uh, and uh, a highlight for you, uh, maybe meeting any of the drivers. Did you manage to do that on the paddock? That's what everyone wants to know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Um, I, I've got a selfie with Hamilton. That was cool. Not many uh, people can say that. That's for sure. Yeah. Especially in a busy Grand Prix weekend. Yeah. But that was just lucky because I was sitting in the shadow of the F1, uh, houses, of the paddock houses. So I was just trying to get rid of the sun. <laughs> I was just walking by and then I just took the opportunity. That's amazing. What a, that, That's now become one of my favorite highlights of the whole competition, finding out Benno was just lurking in the shadows. That's how I remember that. And uh, Lewis Hamilton appeared and you got a selfie. Uh, pretty much. Apart from being locked in the room, Peter, uh, highlight for you from the competition? 100% the pit lane walk. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was sitting next to a judge on the bus and he said it was the best one that um, he had been to, the pit lane walk. In his years of judging so yeah that was definitely the highlight for me what a what a fantastic way to cap off the week and nelson the nelson selfie uh is that a highlight or was there another thing that stood out for you oh the nelfie is always one of my uh, favorite memories um and it's, it's just a pity that i don't have the time to do a nelfie with every single uh with every single team but um i think you know highlight highlight of the event 
for me was just see the happiness of teams coming back into a, again full normal event where judges were there teams were there racing was happening and it was just it was just a feeling of coming back coming back to normal and um and also the response of all the teams to the challenges that we threw at them and you know the halo uh rethinking the bit displays and all of that i think i think it was i think it was a very very good event and you know if i if i was going to give a word to all of the world finals competing teams you know uh, i don't want to uh, sound too lame but they are all champions they're all champions because they managed to they managed to go they managed to raise the funds and god knows that's not easy but um regardless of the country they that, that you are i mean getting the funds doing the work getting there when hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other teams didn't didn't actually manage to be there because they didn't conquer the place through their events or because something failed last minute all of those 68 teams really deserve a huge congratulations for being there so for my for my humble word they're all champions um i couldn't agree more with you nelson there's a few teams that have actually privately messaged on instagram uh, i haven't got around to recall racing yet so don't 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 panic guys uh but just to say whatever they go on to do in life they will achieve so much because of the experiences they've had from f1 in schools and to just say you've already got it you've got the the secret recipe uh and now just go and do whatever you go and do because uh you're going to have all of those tools uh to succeed uh which i absolutely love and i'm glad that no one mentioned uh me uh announcing the winning team before crofty did at the world finals and the awards don't worry about it i'm I'm absolutely over that uh we don't have enough time i'd love to have a podcast to discuss where i went wrong and made mistakes but we have some questions from uh some of the listeners uh and uh i will go to benno with this one uh, what advice would you give to the teams who are participating in the next season and i'll come to peter with that and nelson um i think it's just the most important thing is to be innovative to trust yourself try to think something new and to always stick to the scorecards whatever you do always stick to the scorecards uh, Peter, you mentioned earlier. 100%. 100%. I, I echo that. Look, read the scorecards. That's the most important thing. And also be concise. As I said before, you know, I said this to every single team we give feedback to. We'd love to have two hours to read every single portfolio, uh, two hours each per portfolio. But if you do the maths, two times 17, that's 34 hours. We don't have that much time. So being concise. Um, perhaps consider using, you know, other ways such as graphics to be able to convey the information because the quicker we can decipher something as a judge, um, the better and the more likely you are to get the marks. So, you know, be concise. That's the main thing. Top stuff there. Nelson? Um, I guess work as a team and carefully manage your time and don't get super glue into the bearings. Thank you. That's, 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 those are my three. Yeah. <laughs> I love those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, top stuff. Um, good. Uh, anyone else? Uh, anything that we've not mentioned there before we move on with the listeners' questions? Yes, I'd say it's also important to just um, to just have fun doing doing the project. Like it's not all about uh, getting those points, but. Uh, it's important to have like a team you're very, uh, I don't know, comfortable with. <laughs> well, I like my team very much, and I think that helped def- definitely helped a lot in the project. And yeah, to, just to have like if you have fun ideas and they're not getting you points in the scorecards, I think that's not too bad to to do or to to realize those ideas because. It also is about um, it's it's about the fun in the competition, and yeah, I think that's that's important too. Uh, one quick question from me: Was anybody able to eat the food provided just before the awards? I'm just curious. I I found it very difficult. Uh, does anybody else want to answer that? There was so much lovely food, but I couldn't eat. How was everyone else? 
actually we divided ourselves in shifts so everyone could go and eat and every time someone came to our pre display like we wanted to talk to or someone was there uh, we, we all got together and talked to them and then then everyone went to their shift again so everyone had a chance to eat for 10 to 15 minutes structured fun uh Bella, were you able to eat just before the awards yeah it was like the only time i could eat during the competition because otherwise we always had someone at the pit display talking to us some kind of judging feedback sessions so it was like in four days i think yeah in four days the only time i actually had some through that so watch uh, before the awards ceremony uh, you mentioned it earlier on nelson uh singapore it was my first time in singapore it's a phenomenal country i absolutely loved it um did you manage to eat just before the awards nelson no it, look the 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 food i think you know it's 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 a lovely country to eat uh the cuisine is 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 outstanding and i think you know i think the teams making this a little bit more serious and uh, need to stress management is very it's very important and the mental health and, and physical health of our, of our students is also very important to us we don't want anyone to feel too stressed to the point of not being able to eat and this is not before the just not just before the awards, before any of the any of the activities, so you, you know it's 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 important to to uh, as a team to back each other um, and 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 above all and and uh, from the words from Marlon, have fun, have fun. You need to find the right balance of having fun, enjoying yourselves with your team, and also feel the stress of life. Because you're going to be put under stress and under pressure in whatever you do in your future. So yeah, F1 schools, like no other challenge, accomplish that, but prepares our students like no other competition for life. Uh, while I've got you, Nelson, there's a question here from a listener that says, where will the next world finals be? Now, after a very serious point, have a bit of fun with that question, Nelson, and give us the answer now, please. This is the exclusive. Everybody listening to the Main Straight, the official F1 in Schools podcast. Where will the World Finals be next year? Portugal. Okay. Because <laughs> I could go home and enjoy a little bit of the sun and there's nice beaches. Just say nice food. Do Denford, if you're listening. Portugal doesn't have a Grand Prix. No, I think that the... The, the political response, but the right response is right now, we are looking to different options. For the students to understand, it's not just, uh, we want to go there and it just happens. A lot of, star, a lot of, a lot of uh, stars need to be aligned and a lot of contracts need to be signed. And until we have all those stars aligned and contracts signed, we simply cannot announce because we we would love to go to one place and then it doesn't happen and we're disappointing people. So when we, when we are ready to announce, we will we will do it and I hope it is soon. I mean, we always try to align it with the Grand Prix and it's just to give the experience that we gave in Singapore with a pit lane walk, with the students to be able to enjoy the Grand Prix week and after. So, you know, you have a, have a race calendar for 2024. Um, you can try, you can try and guess. But, um, it's it's also about trying to align with the global school calendar and that's not easy to try and find a moment where you don't upset many people and you try to make sure that it's just gonna work and you know after the after the summer it works and you know to be honest that's always point of the calendar that we try to align it i mean look at all the places that we've been in the past we've been in the us we've been um in the UAE, we've been in Malaysia, uh, we've been in Australia. We haven't gone back to Australia for in quite in quite a while. Um, but it's all about it's all about uh, trying to find the right the right the right place. I, I just said that, and uh, um, Tom, because I've never been to Australia, I'm just hoping for someone to invite me um, to go there, maybe into the next national final. Right. Um, Listen, we're, I'm picking up clues from what Nelson is saying. I'm hearing Portugal, he's saying. Then. Portugal. I'm also hearing Viva Las Vegas. I'm also hearing Australia. Love it. Okay. Uh, there's two more questions here. Uh, and thank you very much for, for your time, guys. Uh, how are the awards evaluated? Uh, who should I come to for that? I guess maybe Nelson? Yeah. Um, I mean, 
you can start with me and then and then Peter can be my uh, uh, my proof. Um, a group of judges works really, really hard to assess all of the submitted project elements. Uh, we try to be fair with everyone. The group of the, the judges are divided into streams. There's stream leads. There's um, uh, there's lead judges. There's a chatter judges. There's there's a there's a line in works when when any issues are arise that it, that that it goes through. Uh, but above all, we try to fairly judge and moderate all of the work. And like Peter has been mentioning, it's not easy to read uh, all of the documents, but we try the best that we can to, in the end, figure out which ones deserve to win which awards. There are awards that come out of uh, points. There are awards that come out of nominations. But even with that, we've, we always try to be fair. And it's not one guy's decision. It's 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 a committed decision for us to try and uh, and make sure that all the right teams are recognized. There's always going to be a little bit of a feeling of injustice of there's so many teams and such few awards that another team could have won that award or another team could have been recognized as a nomination. Um, but we do our best and we we try to be as fair as we can with with teams. Peter. Anything to add to that? Yeah, just adding on to that, and you know, from the judging perspective, when we moderate, it is it, you know, we first of all we do all the interviews, we give them all scores, and then we moderate between the streams in order to keep it fair, as Nelson was saying that. Um, and when we moderate, that that takes a bit of time. You know, as I was saying earlier, you do feel the pressure of trying to keep it fair, um, and you know, really respecting. And that's when we really drill down into what the teams have done, their portfolios, looking at what they've said in the interviews. Um, and we try to keep it fair between the streams because obviously what I might give a mark for one team might not be what another uh, panel of judges might give and we try to keep it consistent. Um, and that process is is very fair. You know, If there's any kind of uh, doubt about whether the process is fair or not, I can 100% assure you it's, it's, it's completely fair. So uh, yeah, the judges put in the time to make sure we are being fair to everyone. So yeah, it, it's a very fair process. This is a difficult question. I feel like they want gossip. Whoever's asked for this question wants the gossip, the juiciness of, of the competition here. Um, were there any common mistakes made by teams? And um, uh, we have the winning team with us, but are there any common mistakes that were made that maybe if you just heed this one bit of advice from this podcast, this is that one thing. What, what, common mistakes that were made uh, that stood out to you, Nelson? I don't think, I don't think any teams make mistakes. Um uh, on purpose. I mean, a, a common mistake may be just by teams not finding enough time to prepare for specific specific bits. Uh, like racing, racing is a good example. It's it's difficult to think about this, but you need to think and realize that not all of the teams that participated in the World Finals have a racetrack. You know, and we we may we may feel that a common mistake is a team going with a car to the racetrack and basically. They didn't have many chances to test their car race, and then the car broke by a specific reason, by manufacturing issues or assembly or etc. And we may think, oh, they, see, they they just didn't prepare for it. It's it's again a combination of factors between testing and having the time to test and having the resources to test. Um, that was a very common mistake in the past when cars were breaking. When we were we were saying the team did not prepare the car for the deceleration system. When it was when it was in particular the brushes, with with the hell of the deceleration system, that problem kind of went kind of went away. But if I went again, just as a just as a funny fact, uh, a few teams when they are in the pressure of assembling their car. And superglue is used. It's very, very common for that little drop of superglue to slip into the bearing, and then the wheels struggle to spin. It's it's just a kind of a fun fact, but it's something that happens from regionals to nationals, and even in the world finals. So again, from Nelson, just be careful with the superglue. Love that. What a great way uh, to round out, uh, round up this brilliant uh, episode. Uh, I do want final thoughts from everybody. Uh, what happens next for you, Nelson? I know you have loads of work to be to getting on with. 
uh, and getting ready for that uh, trip to Las Vegas. Whoops, I let the cat out of the bag there. Um, but let's start with you, Benno. Uh, what happens now? Well, and then university. And, and, and any ideas? F1 in schools inspired you to go on to something? It... I'm actually trying to get the scholarship we won. So that would be awesome when it works out. And besides that, my plan is to go judging and first of all at regional nationals and maybe world finals sometime. There you go, Nelson. That is the interview done and dusted. That's Benno uh, signed up for next year. Uh, Peter, what about you? Uh, well, I've I've just had the state finals last week and I had four amazing teams uh, from my school go there and compete. So um, look, we're, we're preparing for next year now for the state finals next year. Um, so yeah, shout out to those teams as well. I'm really proud of their effort as well. Um, and yeah, it's great. You know, I've, I've been a student now as a team and now I've been a judge and now I'm running it as kind of like a teacher, so to speak. So um, yeah, no, I've just loved that. So yeah. Running F1 in schools is my next step for me. Wow. Uh, I like that. I feel we all heard him there, Peter, say he's now becoming the CEO of F1 in schools. Like it. Uh, top stuff there. Uh, Marlene, what about you? Uh, for me, it's first uh, finishing my with school. Um, what's it called? My, my Abitur. I don't know if there's a translation. It's like the A-levels. The, the, the A-levels, yes. And then after that, I want to do like a um, a social social year of I don't know how to translate that. Either. Well, I I feel like you want finally a vacation. It's, it's like it's like <laughs> it's like a gap year, but you do social um, you you do social work basically. Ah, okay. And I want to do that in France, and then after that, I'm going to study, and I think probably maths. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Basically, we've learned there very, very quickly. Marlene, it is not one for actual holidays in any way, shape, or form. It is all work-based and giving back. I, I love that. Uh, true inspiration there. Timon, what about you? So uh, uh, for me, it's similar to to Marlene. I, I'm gonna do my A levels, and for that, well, I have to actually do something for school this year. And uh, after that, I'm probably gonna study physics or something. And actually. I think that F1 in schools like probably closer to to this was done uh, more down this path because before I was like more computer science and now now I've like realized how much you can learn in physics and how you can apply it to develop new products and yeah I think that's really interesting. Wow, fantastic! And finally, uh, Emily, what, what about yourself? Yeah, so I'm also going to finish school and then I'm not really sure. I was always very sure about wanting to go into medicine afterwards. But now after I've in school, I'm also like considering something more engineering. Um, so yeah, we're going to see where I, where I am in one year. And of course, I'd also love to judge the regionals and national championships. There you go. It's uh, it's official. You're all signed to be judges in F1 in schools. Well, once again, uh, to round out this show, uh, incredible achievement from Recoil Racing. Congratulations on being the world champions for 2023. Uh, as we've heard, whatever you're going on to do now with more studying and finishing school, best of luck uh, to Peter uh, becoming the new CEO of F1 in schools. You heard it here first. And to Nelson Vale and to everyone who's listened. Thank you so much for joining uh, this episode. We'll catch you next time on the main straight.